Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is the place that you want to bet to get in on all of the college basketball and NBA action. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's the promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And we're also brought to you in part by Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy site on the planet. And if you use the promo code SGP, you get a 100% deposit up to $100. That's monkeyknifefight.com, promo code SGP. And we're brought to you by Simply Safe, the leader in home security. Go to simplysafe.com slash SGP today to get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash SGP to save on home security today. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash SGP. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Well, welcome in, everybody. We're back with another edition of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs. Yes, we love looking at the spreads, at the lines, at all the different games, the matchups in college basketball, especially this time of year. But we love doing it with a twist. We love the little guy. We love the underdog. And we're going to talk plenty about that on the show Uh, here once again today. Some college hoops and also some boxing as well with the huge Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, world heavyweight title fight, WBC heavyweight championship bout that's going to be taking place coming up Saturday night in Las Vegas. Rematch of a fight that was controversially scored a draw between these two in December of 2018. Now they're back to fight and we're going to go out to Vegas and talk with a broadcast colleague of mine, T.C. Martin, out in Vegas with the T.C. Martin Show on locally in Vegas and all over on the web and digitally at tcmartinshow.com. Love his insight, and he's going to talk a little bit from a gambling perspective as well as what you might be looking at to wager on between Wilder, the unbeaten champion, and Fury, uh, the, the fighter that is also undefeated. His one blemish is the draw. Uh, against Wilder. Wilder's one blemish is the draw against Fury, so T.C. Martin will be talking some boxing. want to tell you that straight ahead, Brian Edwards will be here first from MajorWager.com. I look forward to talking with him about plenty of college basketball with insight, with underdogs. Did you take advantage of Brian telling you about the Ole Miss Rebels last week on this very podcast? He had them at Rupp Arena against Kentucky, and they did come through with the underdog cover. We'll see what else Uh, Brian has up his sleeve headed for this weekend, the Thursday games, the Saturday games. We only have a couple of weeks of February that are left. Can you believe March is almost here and we're inside of four weeks to Selection Sunday now? 
uh, anxious to watch what all unfolds with the end of the regular season championship week and then the field of 68 will be set on selection Sunday night March the 15th so we're about to be here uh, with that uh, only only two three dog Thursdays left for the month of February and then it is the month of March the greatest month of the year with the best event of the year the NCAA tournament so Brian Edwards will be talking to me about that also uh, in near the end of the podcast here we'll bring on a special guest he hosts uh, an outstanding intensive podcast on South Carolina sports in particular football and basketball we're going to say hello to Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up podcast uh, he's going to talk some South Kakalaka to me here. What about those Gamecocks vying for an NCAA tournament at large hope out of the SEC? They had a huge game on a Wednesday night with Mississippi State that we'll talk to Chris about. And then LSU comes into Columbia uh, to take on the Gamecocks. LSU uh, reeling off a loss to Kentucky. Speaking of Kentucky, South Carolina beat them earlier this year on a last-second shot at home in Columbia. We'll talk with Chris about the SEC, who's vying for it. Uh, We'll talk a little South Carolina uh, again with Chris Phillips here on the podcast. So plenty to get to here on the program. A reminder, however you found us, through a social media link, through our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We love our partnership with them. If you found a social media link through them, uh, through their website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, social media uh, link through Twitter, Facebook, subscribe to this podcast. It's the easiest way to get it. Go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Uh, wherever you find your podcast, and subscribe to Three Dog Thursday. It takes just seconds to do that, and the podcast will come automatically to your phone, to your handheld listening device, your iPad, whatever it is. Subscribe away, rate us, review us. It'll help us in the rankings as well. But uh, we, we love the audience being able to find us on Thursday. So whenever the new show is out, you'll get a ding on your phone if you're a subscriber here as part of Three Dog Thursday. And our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast uh, network of shows always love the insight from them. All right, so we've got plenty to get to here on the program. Some college hoops, some boxing, and a lot more in the conversation with special guests. Let's get rolling. Oh, yes. Always love the insight, the takes, the underdogs, the man that has the numbers. We love his insight off of Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com. He is an outstanding handicapper when it comes to the college game. He tried to tell you about Ole Miss hanging in with Kentucky back last Saturday, and they did. He's Brian Edwards back with me on Three Dog Thursday. Always good to be with you. And we're coming down the home stretch here of the regular season. We're within four weeks of Selection Sunday now, and the bid's going out. Uh, won't be long now. Be a lot of fun. Brian, always good to be with you, and we're ready to talk some more college hoops, are we not? Yes, always fun to be on with you, TJ. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, Brian Tyree, he's got to hit that front end of the one-and-one one, down uh, one with less than a minute drop. I, I just saw their box score from last night. He went 11 of 12 from the line. Yeah, they missed a couple of critical free throws late in that game at Rupp, but Kentucky is so good. And how about the, to the opposite, Calipari? What, what, what in the name of uh, of John Calipari is going on with his Kentucky team making every free throw in sight? That's so unusual, but that's exactly what they do. They keep icing these games by making foul shots. Whether it was the win at Texas Tech, whether it was the Tuesday night win at LSU, they're a good free throw shooting team, and especially good in the clutch right now. That's that's something. Something to, to compliment right now, Brian. 
Even the big man, Nick Richards, is shooting almost 80% and made uh, four of them at crunch time against Ole Miss. And I've kind of come around on Calipari. I, I used to think he was just a great recruiter and, not, and a motivator and all that and not a very good coach. But in the last five years or so, I've definitely – because just he had so much inexperience every year. And he always gets them – not always. They had, I think he did an NIT two or three years back. But um, you know, he always gets them ready to, to go You know, this time of year. They're playing well right now. They are. All right. So uh, we'll we'll get into some of the meat and potatoes of the games uh, here for this week. Before we do that, we're not going to talk about uh, somebody uh, against San Diego State in terms of an underdog. But you were frothing. You're like, hey, ask me about San Diego State. Ask me about the Aztecs. Uh, what a story. The only remaining undefeated team right now, and you got a good look at them in their win, their latest whitewash from last weekend over Boise State. What about the Aztecs out of the Mountain West? Yeah, you know, TJ, I'd only watched them in little small segments, bits and pieces. I had not watched them an entire 40-minute game like I did at Boise State on Sunday, and I realized quickly that they are extremely legit, mainly because Malachi Flynn looks like he might be the best player in the country. I mean, he controls the tempo off the dribble and gets anywhere he wants to on the court. He's unselfish. He's not looking to shoot first, but when he does, he is money, and he's got deep range, and he's an outstanding on-the-ball defender. And then their other guards are good, and then they've got what you want is they've got plenty of size. Now, they don't have a seven-footer, but they've got three guys that are in that six, eight six nine maybe even six ten with a lot of muscle and body and five fouls to give i liked everything i saw about the aztecs and again uh we don't know till we get into march and they get out of playing mountain west teams they do have some early season quality wins talking about san diego state but it'll be very interesting to watch all of this uh unfold with what the aztecs have been able to do uh so far uh, to this point now in the season at 26-0. and Get to 26-0. and We'll see if it continues uh, for them. I mean, you're already on the record about the Dayton Flyers. Uh, again, I, I keep making mention for the audience on Three Dog Thursday that Brian Edwards was saying to me in January, Dayton will not only be a Final Four team, but you are calling a national championship win by the Flyers. Uh, so, and, uh, and a stake from you. I and think. a stake from me is coming for that call coming in January because it's easier to make that call once everybody sees them win a couple of games in the NCAA tournament and says, oh, well, Dayton can win the whole thing. Brian Edwards was saying Dayton can win the whole thing in January. So, uh, But Obi Toppin and, uh, and Dayton continue to roll along even on the road. Again, there's some question marks about uh, level of competition in the A-10, but I'm going to be fascinated to see what they look like when they get in the mix, what's the draw with everybody else. Uh, it's just fun. It's what makes college basketball different because the Gonzagas, the Daytons, the San Diego States are in years gone by the the uh, Loyola Chicago's, the Virginia Commonwealth's, the Butlers. They get to scrap with all the teams in the Big 12, the Big East, the SEC, the Big 10, the ACC, Pac-12, et cetera, et cetera. So we're looking forward to see what happens uh, with that. All right, so underdogs, we're all about it. With the underdogs, I'm curious, first of all, for Thursday, again, it is Three Dog Thursday, we're getting a peek at the lines for Thursday to work off of. Where do you want to begin, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, with an underdog for Thursday? 
Let's go with the North Florida Ospreys, who have the best against the spread record in the country with a 20-6 and six ATS mark. Uh, they are an 8.5-point underdog at Liberty on Thursday, and they bring to Lynchburg a six-game winning streak, both straight up and against the spread. And they've been an underdog nine times this year, eight and one against the spread with two outright wins. Now, Liberty is a, a very good team, has four starters back from, you know, a team that led Virginia Tech in the round of 32, uh, but missed out on a Sweet 16 berth, losing that game. But, um, yeah, North Florida has just been covering the numbers galore all year. They beat Liberty at home. Obviously, that gives the Flames the revenge angle. But that, there's no reason to think that Liberty is just going to run away and hide from these guys. I think the Ospreys cover the healthy underdog number. All right, so a little insight here as well. You know this about me being a college hoop a junkie and aficionado like I am. This is first place in the Atlantic Sun on the line. Currently, UNF, North Florida, out of uh, Jacksonville, as Brian was making mention, uh, is the top team by half a game. They both, uh, right now, with only two losses in the loss column, and as Brian mentioned, UNF has the head-to-head tiebreaker in this one. You don't know this, but I'm about to share the story in my uh, of of, uh, of of being part of something that's unique, but we didn't play this we didn't talk about this so this is now five years ago march of 2015 which is the last time that north florida the ospreys were in the ncaa tournament i worked the championship game on tune in on national digital radio in the unf arena in jacksonville when they clinched the automatic bid the a sun championship game and brian i don't know if you've ever been in an arena or down at the lower level of an arena when a court storm happens but the court storm oh, the court you. storm happened at the UNF arena and it was scary for a couple of seconds with everybody coming over the top of me uh, to get on the floor storm the floor and cheer for UNF to go to the uh, to the NCAA tournament I'm not talking about 10 people. I'm talking about several hundred people that poured from behind us over the top of the press tables and onto the floor and trying to get onto the floor. It was it was for a moment scary, but at the same time wild and exhilarating to look back on, and I was there. Matt Driscoll is the coach. He is still the coach uh, for UNF. And I, I remember that like it was earlier this afternoon, when that, as you can imagine, when they stormed over the top of me. It was crazy, and I was there, and so that's the program we're talking about and that you're taking for Three Dog Thursday. Yeah, and I'll add a couple more stats I didn't sneak in there. 12-2 and two against the spread, and four, they played 14 road games. I mean, they went everywhere. They went to Iowa. They went to Creighton. They only lost by nine there. They went to Gainesville, Tallahassee. Uh, they went to Syracuse. They went to Dayton. So they've, they've 12 and 2 against the spread, 14 road games, and they're 17th in the nation in three point accuracy. They've made 37.7% of their trades. Yeah, they have always been a good three-point shooting program. And again, the Atlantic Sun is primarily some Florida teams, several other teams in the Southeast. Uh, if Florida Gulf Coast is part of that conference, of course, you remember their upsets in the tournament back seven, eight years ago as a 15 seed, winning a couple of uh, games uh, with upsets, beating Georgetown and actually beating San Diego State. Those were the two teams that that uh, Dunk City, remember, uh, Brian Edwards, oh, yeah, Dunk City, is- knocked them. Them off, yes. Who ended that? That, dunk that was the Florida Gators, I believe, in that Sweet Sixteen. Uh, that's somebody's I Gators. 
I was there at Jerry World for that, and uh, I saw Kansas and Michigan play the game before, and Trey Burke hit a three to force overtime, and then they won it and beat the Gators' ass on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> bring up the bring up those uh, bring up those memories of the NCAA tournament. So again, UNF plus the eight points. That's a lot of points here in a one versus two game at Liberty Thursday night. Still looking at at Thursday evening. Interesting that. Uh, Oregon is playing at Arizona State. That is Oregon favored by one at the Sun Devils here in this matchup. And Oregon with two large games, obviously, at ASU and then at Arizona on the weekend. That's a very intriguing game to me. Arizona State is a short one-point underdog at home, sir. I'd be interested to see if that line moves at all. I mean, I think it's a a toss-up game. Uh, I watched Arizona State kind of sloppily win at Cal, but as we've spoken about in, in weeks past, you know, Cal's uh, pretty tough at home, and, and I watched Oregon uh, have a pretty easy time with Utah on Sunday night. So uh, I watched both of them play on Sunday, and I, I think it's a toss-up game. Uh, both teams have very good backcourts. Uh, Remy Martin uh, and Peyton Pritchard, that'll be an entertaining matchup to watch for 40 minutes. I but I don't really have a lean one way or the other. And Oregon did win by nine in the earlier matchup with Arizona State. And this is an Oregon team that they're tough to predict because they go through lulls. Again, they were playing Colorado at home uh, last week and gave up a 20 to nothing, 20 hyphen zip run to Colorado and still recovered and won the game, Brian Edwards. So a little crazy uh, in the Pac-12. We'll see if it continues uh, for that matchup on Thursday night. All right, so that leads us to Saturday and some possible underdogs. Again, it's Three Dog Thursday. Brian Edwards with me, MajorWager.com. We don't have access to the spreads, to the lines, because they won't be out until Friday afternoon. But we can project what some of these uh, games might look like. Uh, the biggest one is high noon, right right out of the box. Number one, Baylor. Number three, Kansas. Speaking of rematches, a rematch of a game that Baylor won at Fog Allen and won decisively over Bill Self's club. Bill Self saying after that game, they handed our ass to us uh, after, after he was blunt about what happened uh, with Baylor. Kansas, by the way, hasn't lost since that Baylor loss. Nine straight wins right now uh, here on the midweek. Baylor 24-1 and overall. We believe Baylor, Brian, what do you have them at? Probably a three, two, three-point favorite at least in that game? I wrote down three and a half slash four. Um, and I know we, uh, if it's three or fewer, I know, I know we talk dogs here. I won't be interested in the dog. I'll just put it that way. Um yeah, if it's three or fewer, I would not be interested. In you would not be interested in Kansas. See, I love Kansas straight up in the revenge situation here wow. on the road. I'm going to take the Jayhawks to end the Baylor win streak uh, that is ongoing right now in the Big 12. Baylor unbeaten at 13-0. and If you're wondering, the only loss for Baylor is the second game of the year against Washington on the neutral floor. So they, they have been rolling ever since then. But uh, I think Kansas gets them on Saturday. So I will gladly take the points, whether it's one, two, three, how many ever it is for the Kansas Jayhawks uh, here coming up in this matchup. All right, so give me one that you're kind of honing in on that you think might be an underdog that you like for Saturday for three-dog Thursday purposes. 
Well, LSU is struggling right now. Now, I will say I would probably be uh, most interested in the over. LSU is playing no defense right now, and and they they didn't score, they didn't shoot it very well last night. But yet at the end, uh, at that frenetic pace and trying to rally, they, it still went over, even though it was um, like twenty nine twenty eight at halftime. Right. So um, I'll be looking over more than anything, but. If LSU is, uh, you know, favored by more than three or four at South Carolina, I would be interested in the Gamecocks, uh, who have won six of uh, its last six of their last seven uh, going into Wednesday's action that we obviously don't know the result of. But LSU overs have been cashing. If Alabama is favored at Ole Miss, I might be looking at Ole Miss again. I would think that game would be around a pick or at least my line would be. But, you know, Alabama's got some momentum. We'll see. I think they'll probably handle A&M Wednesday, and they could be favored by three or four. If they are, um, I could be looking at the Rebels, who are 7-1 against the spread their last eight, barely not covering in a three-point loss at Missouri last night. But Missouri beat Auburn uh, on Saturday as well. So Missouri's kind of a not very good team that's on a nice little run, kind of like Ole Miss right now. Always love this insight. And while we're on the SEC for just a few more seconds, that's Florida, Kentucky, 6 Eastern time at Rupp. Uh, Florida has woken up with a couple of wins. Again, Kentucky off the LSU win. We got a question mark, though, with Ashton Hagens, the guard, an injured leg, the top uh, point guard, best defender for Kentucky. We don't know his status for Saturday. We would suspect that Florida's going to be at least a five or six point underdog, probably at Rupp, maybe more. Yes. Yeah, I was I was thinking seven or eight if Hagens is you know fully cleared and practices, whether it be Thursday or Friday. I, I was thinking probably seven or eight, but um, and it'd probably have to be at least eight for me to be interested in Florida, unless Hagens is out. If Hagens is out, Andrew Nimhart. Um, can take advantage, and Florida has won three in a row. And you know, although Arkansas is without Isaiah Joe, who averages better than 16 points a game, uh, Florida uh, Kerry Blackshear got four charges last night and, and only got to play 12 minutes, and yet Florida won by 14. So I thought that was pretty impressive. So, um, but I think that's a game Kentucky wins as long as Hagen's is. Uh, you know, is out there and, and, you know, at least 90%. All right. Big one there at Rupp for that one. Again, a couple more moments. Brian Edwards with me from uh, Vegas Insider, also MajorWager.com. You follow him at Vegas B. Edwards. Hey, one more game uh, of interest. Again, Gonzaga trying to get to the finish line, undefeated in the West Coast Conference, still staring at being a number one seed. Mark Fuse team is 26-1. and one. But this is a serious road test with Gonzaga traveling to Provo, the Marriott Center, raucous place, over 21,000 will go crazy uh, for this game. Uh, And Gonzaga against BYU there in Provo. Gonzaga going to be at least a four or five point road favorite, yes, against the Cougars? Well, the way they did St. Mary's, what was that, two Saturdays ago, winning by 30 makes me think it's going to be more than five. Mm. Um, it would probably, but I, I know what you're talking about with the crowd. I mean, I, the 2011 Sweet 16, I was in New Orleans when Florida played BYU, and I mean, all the way to New Orleans, and they bought, they brought more than 10,000 people there. And that, obviously, that was Jimmer's senior year, so that was a, a part of it. But I mean, if they're going to bring more than 10,000 across the country, you know, they're going to have it packed and probably one of their best crowds ever. 
and BYU is in good form. Uh, they have won six in a row and uh, beat St. Mary's and San Francisco at home. San Francisco's top 100 in Ken Palm is why I mentioned them. So, uh, but I, BYU's got have to be getting double digits for me to be interested the way uh, Gonzaga looked to, to me uh, uh, against St. Mary's. Well, and they annihilated BYU in the first matchup in January, beating them by 23 points. So it's a revenge situation for the Cougars. Um, and we'll see. We'll see if Gonzaga is ready to go in that one. That's late night, Saturday night, 10 Eastern time, 8 Mountain time uh, from Provo in that matchup. All right, so there you go with a taste of some underdogs and and what Brian likes. Give the fans uh, more on uh, on what you're up to and social media, et cetera, on how they read more of what you have with great daily content, your social media, et cetera. Go ahead, Brian. All right, I'm on Twitter. Uh, handle is at VegasBEdwards, and then also do a lot of tweeting from the Major Wager uh, dot com Twitter account, and the handle for that is at Major Wager Uno U N O, and uh, you can get my work at uh, VegasInsider dot com and my picks at BrianEdwardsSports dot com, and, and a lot of my writing uh, at MajorWager dot com as well. All right, so again, check all of those out. He loves North Florida. Again, on Thursday night, depending on when you're hearing us on Three Dog Thursday, out of the Atlantic Sun, North Florida at Liberty, battle for first place. Again, this is a mid-major conference, smaller conference, battle for first place. The first place team getting what? What did we establish? Eight and a half? Eight and a half? Nine? Something like that? Wow. Yeah, that's, that's rare yeah. that you get something like that. So he likes them, and he's got a couple of other leans that he was sharing with you, including uh, it was seeing what happens there in those Over SEC games. Over on LSU, Over. South Carolina. We'll see, uh, we'll see what happens in that one. I like Kansas straight up to beat Baylor. We'll see what happens on Saturday as all of this unfolds. Again, Brian Edwards does a great job. Thank you for the insight here. Uh, we'll come to you again. How about this? Only one more time in February. We'll be coming to you uh, right after this from here on out in March. We're looking forward to it on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you, Brian. Can't wait. Uh, always fun, DJ. Thanks for having me, buddy. We remind you that we are brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. The Super Bowl may be done, but every game is a big game over at MyBookie.ag. They've got it all from the NBA to college basketball, Premier League soccer, you name it. And they've got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and helpful 24-7 customer service. You can pool your bets together for a bigger payout as well with MyBookie.ag. They've got more lines, better odds per player than any sports book around and right now if you join up my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars that means you deposit two thousand you get an extra grand in free money to play with with mybookie.ag all you got to do is use this promo code sgp it activates the offer once again they will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars you deposit 500 they'll put 250 in you deposit a thousand they'll put 500 in use the promo code sgp to get that extra cash when you sign up and you register at mybookie bet win and get paid with mybookie We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. 
All right, listen up. If you've been looking for home security help and you're trying to figure out about which company to pick, our suggestion here as part of Three Dog Thursday and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is Simply Safe Home Security. When you think about security, you think about a company that Fortune 500 companies use. They know the police are going to be there on scene immediately if anything happens. This is exactly like what you get when you go with Simply Safe. If there's a break in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give the police eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than a normal burglar alarm. And with Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home, outdoor cameras, and doorbell alerts to anyone approaching your home. You get entry, motion, and glass break protection sensors guarding the inside of your home. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fire, water damage, carbon monoxide poisoning, on and on. It's all monitored 24 7 by live security professionals. Best of all, you can set this system up yourself. No tools needed, or Simply Safe's experts will also do it for you if that's what you like. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com slash SGP to get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash SGP. Save on your home security today with simplysafe.com slash SGP. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Been looking forward to the full breakdown of Wilder Fury. Who better to help me? He is there. O.L. on location in Las Vegas in the desert. He is my initials brother from another mother. He is T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show in Vegas. Uh, weekdays after uh, afternoons at 2 Pacific time, you hear the T.C. Martin Show. T.C.MartinShow.com. He'll tell you much more about where you hear it locally in Vegas, but you can hear it everywhere at tcmartinshow.com. And he's with me to talk the fight and to talk some of the uh, the interesting betting angles and much more. How have you been, my friend, as, as we ramp up here for Wilder Fury, the sequel? T.J. Reeves making his way down the aisle. <laughs> What are you wearing? What color trunks are you going to be wearing Saturday night? That's what I wanted. I don't know. You know, I was always preferential to the Rocky Balboa white with the red stripe if I was coming into the ring here on this. Somehow, I don't know that that, I mean, what Fury came down with Apollo Creed, right? Living in America, the red, white, and the blue uh, as Apollo Creed. Uh, Wilder has all kinds of exotic trunks. I, I don't, I'm just, uh, I'm more of an ordinary vanilla kind of guy. I just am. <laughs> there you go, my man. But you're right. It's fight week in Vegas. You know what that means. Uh, the electricity is is rolling here. Uh, having a great time with it. Really looking forward to Saturday night. And really, this is the most anticipated fight that we've had since Triple G and Canelo. And, of course, when you're talking about the heavyweights, it's been a long, long time, basically since Mike Tyson, we've had any type of real conversation and real hype for a heavyweight fight here in Vegas. So this is big. This is huge. And uh, everyone is looking forward to it. All right. Um, so one of, one of the things that we automatically point to in rematches is who learned. This is obvious from the first fight. So Wilder has had two previous rematches, championship defenses, 
and he's destroyed both opponents, basically. Uh, one of them, Berman Stavern, who he won the title from in the first place back five years ago. He rematched him. He knocked him out in one round. And then the most recent fight for Wilder was also a rematch uh, against Luis Ortiz, a fight where one two called Martin was right there to watch it unfold, and it was one booming right hand and over with in the seventh round. So what do we make of that as it relates to this rematch, the fact that we've seen Wilder in there twice before with a former opponent, and he knocked them both out? Does that mean anything to you, sir? It does, and I'll tell you why, but but I'm going to go from a different angle from what you talked about. Okay, When you look at that Wilder-Ortiz uh, matchup, Okay, you're talking about Stavern. Stavern's a sandwich. You know, that's, you know that, that's irrelevant. Okay, but the Ortiz thing is relevant for this. Ortiz was giving Wilder everything that he, that he could handle the first time around, and then Wilder actually, you know, got him late and, and, and beat him down. Uh, but what happened on November 23rd was Luis Ortiz wasn't only winning that fight, TJ, he was dominating that fight, basically won every round, if you go back to the scorecards and look at that, and Wilder was in trouble. Wilder did not look good, and that's when all the question marks came about, like, whoa, wait a minute now, this is not the same Deontay Wilder that we've seen. This guy is going to lose this fight if it, if it goes to the scorecards. And then what happened? Ortiz got a little bit careless. Boom, here comes the one-time thunder from from Wilder, and he knocked him out in the seventh round. But if it wasn't for that, I mean, we don't know what would have happened here. This fight would have been in jeopardy because Ortiz was looked like the better fighter up until the knockout in the seventh round. So, again, you know, Wilder looks susceptible, and he has looked susceptible, you know, over his last few fights. So I think that's a concern. I, I wonder, though, because the argument can be made, this is what sports and sports radio and arguments and debates and discussions are all about, and notice TC and I aren't yelling uh, in the debate, but the not argument, yet. the argument, not yet, stay tuned, the argument can be made that Wilder was purposely, because Ortiz is older, waiting around, pushing him into later rounds to fatigue him and to create the opening that we finally saw. Isn't that a fair and legitimate argument that that's what he was looking to do tactically in that fight and it worked? I think you can say that after the fact, but again, being there and seeing the way the fight unfolded, everyone there at press row and in that building was looking at it like, Wilder's not active. He's not busy. He, he's, he's confused by Ortiz because Ortiz was the aggressor in that fight. So it wasn't like, you know, he was playing rope-a-dope and he was letting do that. No, he was, he, was, he was confused. He was confused by Ortiz, and Ortiz, you know, said that he was going to bring it to Wilder, and it looked like that Wilder was somewhat unprepared for that fight. But again, you know, Ortiz is a guy that's always not in the best shape. He can be had in the middle of the later rounds, and that's exactly what happened here. And if it wasn't for the big punch, like I said, we, we don't know. I mean, Ortiz was game, and Ortiz looked a lot better in that fight than he has in any other previous fight, especially the previous fight against Wilder. And yet, he was on the wrong end of that right hand and did Correct. not get up. Correct. Now, Tyson Fury, to his credit, December 2018, uh, roughly, uh, what, uh, let me do the quick math, 16, 17 months, months ago, 15, 15 yeah, months, whatever we want to call it, because it's February, uh, he got up from that right hand. And so that has a lot of people questioning here about uh, about whether or not does Wilder have the punch to put him out in this second go-around or not, or has Fury taken his best punch where do you come down on that speculation? Uh, because it was obviously impressive that he got up. What about it? 
yes to both points. Uh, first of all, I mean, Wilder's right hand is, is phenomenal. It's, it's one of the best that we've ever seen. But Fury has tasted that, and he openly admits. And, you know, I, I have the, the privilege to, to, to have interviewed him before his last two fights and, and again before this one. And, again, just, just a fantastic guy, a charismatic guy. But what I like about Tyson Fury is – he does not BS you. He is going to tell you just like it is. He said that he felt uh, Wilder's uh, uh, power, but it really, you know, it, it didn't phase him. And I, I really believe him with that because that punch, when he got up from that punch, I mean, that was stellar. And anybody that could get up from that punch and then react the way he did to basically you could even make the argument that he was the better fighter after he got knocked down in that last round. Uh, you know, again, he was almost even toying with Wilder. And it was shocking. He, he I'll throw it in. It, it was, was sh- it was yeah. shocking the last minute yeah. and a half that that Fury recovered and looked like the fresher fighter, and Wilder couldn't put him away. It was almost bizarre, TC. Exactly, exactly. So yes, uh, Tyson Fury has tasted the best that Deontay Wilder can deliver. And you got to remember too, if you want to go back to that fight, okay. That was a three-year layoff. Fury was was not in great condition for that. And watching him, even though it was against Otto Valine and Tom Schwartz, okay, granted, okay, but but Tyson Fury is a much more disciplined fighter. He's in better shape now. He's he's in better health. He's eating better. He he has better people surround him. And ever since that he joined forces with Bob Arum and Top Rank, I mean, this guy is is more legitimate the, than he ever has been. And that's why I do like Tyson Fury in this fight. And going mm. back, you know, even about, uh, I know I'm letting it out of the bag a little bit earlier, but you know me, I don't really love betting on heavyweights because of what we just talked about. One punch can change everything here. So I, I, I'm, I'm more like the guy that likes to bet the, the minus 250 or minus 400 favorites, and we have maybe kind of a mismatch with Canelo Alvarez or, or, or something of that nature. But this is so intriguing because you can make an argument for both fighters that they can put the other one down. You can also make the argument that, okay, these guys are really going to be a little bit more careful with each other. Therefore, it could go the distance. That's why a lot of people thought when the odds came out you know, that this could be maybe a seven or eight round prop. Instead, now we're seeing 10 and a half. Now we're seeing 11. So wow. I know you probably want to get into that in a minute, and, and we will, but I'm just pointing out the fact here how unpredictable that this fight can be and that Tyson Fury is ready for Deontay Wilder. I am ready to get into that much more with the T.C. Martin, tcmartinshow.com. He's on in Vegas, is live out at Wilder and Fury all week to Pacific time. Adjust your time zone accordingly. All right, so it is Three Dog Thursday. We love uh, the underdogs. We love the odds. We love the different stuff. So let's get into this again midweek. Again, subject to change. If you're hearing us later in the week because the show still lives on Friday and obviously before the fight on Saturday night, the odds could change. But right now, what TC and I are looking at and what we have in front of us is what we go with. Um, interesting that it's basically a pick em fight right now, right? Or is that interesting to you? Maybe you don't think that's interesting. Is it interesting that it's 10 and a half rounds or 11 rounds on the under over if you're betting that prop? Is any of that interesting? It's, it's all very interesting. First of all, when you have 
you know, two undefeated guys and you feature one guy in Deontay Wilder who has the highest knockout percentage ever at 95%. I mean, think about that 42 and 0, 41 knockouts. And he's fighting a guy like Tyson Fury who's 29 and 0 and has this great redemption story. The fight is interesting from that fact alone. But then again, you always judge it by what are the odds. I mean, you could have two undefeated guys, but you could have a minus four or $500 favorite. This came out basically as a pick'em. It has hovered around a pick'em, but the late money has come in on Deontay Wilder. Right now, we're looking at Deontay Wilder between a dollar twenty-five and a dollar thirty favorite. Meaning, you you got to bet, you know, basically one twenty-five or one thirty to win a hundred dollars. And if you like Tyson Fury, basically you're getting plus money, which seems a little unusual. Now, if you go back to the fight that we talked about that happened in December of eighteen at the Staples Center, you know that was. Uh, Deontay Wilder closed at minus 145. So obviously Fury has gotten a lot of respect here, but as we see, as we get closer to the fight, a lot more people are starting to buy into the big punching power of Deontay Wilder. But I'll tell you what, TJ, the way I see this thing going, and, and Vegas has a history of this as well too, people love to bet the dogs. All the Brits are coming into town <laughs> you know, on Thursday. This fight will probably end up at a pickup. I don't see it going past 130. So if you like Tyson Fury, you're better off to bet it now earlier in the week because you're going to get plus 105 or plus 110 or even money. Because uh, I think as we hear the press conference that will take place here an hour from now, uh, and again, I know that you know a lot of people are saying or will already you know you know hear this in a couple right. of days. But the bottom line is, once they start hearing Tyson Fury get on the mic, people are going to go to the window because that's what he does to people because he makes you believe <laughs> that he is ready that and he's so charismatic and engaging. And again, you know, if you look at the guy who probably has fought the tougher guys, is Tyson Fury. Well, and you bring up a good point. Elaborate on this because you, you've been there in Vegas for a while. You've been at these big fights for a while. And when you have uh, the angle, and you, you talked to me last summer uh, when we were doing boxing coverage, uh, that when, fi- when Fury was fighting these non-title fights in the summer, the Brits were coming for the non-title fights. Uh, to cut. Of course they're going to come now for the Wilder rematch, and we don't mean a few dozen. We mean a few hundred, if not a couple thousand or more, that are going to be there whether they have tickets to get in the arena or not. Maybe several thousand, whether they all have tickets or not. And so that's going to be some scene as part of this, too, right, TC? Absolutely correct, yeah. And any time that you have a popular British fighter, a popular Mexican fighter, I mean, those fans come, and it just makes the atmosphere electric, especially in the arena. And, you know, when you get the walkway, you know, walk down uh, towards the ring, there's nothing like it. And we've talked about that before, but yeah, Tyson Fury is going to be the, uh, the home team. Basically, you know, he's going to have home court advantage because people like Tyson Fury more than they like Deontay Wilder. And again, you know, not just the, the, the British angle, but just the American fans have clinged onto him. And again, it was ingenious by Bob Arum to, to sign Tyson Fury and to make sure that he had those two fights in Vegas. Because you got to remember, before he fought in Vegas, you know, people never really saw Tyson Fury. He was kind of an anomaly. Who's this British guy? He hasn't fought top-notch competition. He wasn't on any really major networks. And again, even if you go back to the Klitschko thing, people like, well, okay, wow, you know, now we know about this guy. Then he took a three-year layoff. Then we heard about the cocaine problems, the drug problems. Then he ballooned up to 400 pounds. Yep. He was suicidal. And then it was like he fell off the face of the planet. And his first two comeback fights against Ham and Eggers, 
I mean, there is no real television coverage in that. So in people here in the States, especially here in Vegas, they weren't paying too much attention to Tyson Fury. They remember, this is the guy that beat Klitschko, but but then, you know, this guy, he, you know, he, he fell off the map. So building his brand back up was ingenious the way he bought into it. Bob Arum, you know, put him on the you know, the, the media tour, so to speak. And this guy, unlike anyone, TJ, and underline anyone, I mean, more than Evander Holyfield back in the day, anybody else. I mean, this guy is willing to do every interview. He gets it. He knows what it's all about. He is a media guy's dream. And because of that, that's why he's got home court advantage here in Las Vegas Saturday night. Love that. few more minutes. T.C. Martin Show is where you find this guy. T.C. Martin with me here as part of Three Dog Thursday. By the way, we've got much more boxing coverage on the website BigFightWeekend.com, BigFightWeekend.com. And there's a separate Big Fight Weekend uh, podcast that will be out, too, for this. But I got T.C. here talking not just on the scene in Vegas, but more of the betting angles. Let me roll my sleeves back up again figuratively on that if there's an underdog play that you want to make whether it is a round a side something what's an underdog play that you like for fury in particular because he's the underdog play on most of these props what what do you like tc you know for myself i really don't get too involved in like the pick the rounds and that sort of thing and again, for for the round prop in this one, it has you know risen from ten ten and a half. It is now eleven, and uh, it's actually minus one hundred five. If you like over eleven right now, at uh, at most of the books, I like Fury just you know to win the fight. And currently, right now, I, I can get Fury at plus one hundred five. Again, I think that you know it's a little bit dangerous you know trying to pick around, especially when you got heavyweights and you've got guys like. Wild, who are really not that active, he's going to, you know, pot shot you. He's going to pick his spots and everything. Fury has come out and said, "I'm going to feel him out round one, so don't expect a whole bunch of action around one. And round two, he's going to come bring the thunder." Because he said that, of course, people buy into that, and they're picking like rounds two and three <laughs> for for Fury to do that. I don't. I'm looking. I'm looking that. at that, and the odds right now is plus twenty two hundred. So that I mean, they there there yeah. are large underdog odds on an early knockout for Tyson Fury because most believe that's that's a wild proposition for that to happen. Yeah, and again, he's 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 talking a mean game, but actually, I, I think that Tyson Fury is going to really box him. So I would lean towards the over, and that is a slight underdog as well, too, because I think we're going to go to the scorecards here. Each guy has the opportunity to knock the other one out. There's no question about that, and that's the dangerous thing about heavyweights, and we saw that with Luis Ortiz, because Deontay Wilder really never showed anything prior to round seven that you know he was going to knock Luis Ortiz out. But sure enough, here comes you know guard down, here comes the thunder, boom, it's over in one punch. So for me, I like Tyson Fury uh, as a live underdog because I think he can win rounds. He can win more rounds than Deontay Wilder because that is not what Wilder does. Wilder's going to wait. He's not going to be as active. And if you're going to give Fury the opportunity to build up rounds in the bank, kind of like what he did with Ortiz, it's a scary proposition if you're going to bet Wilder. That means you are banking on the knockout only because if Ortiz can do that, and Fury is much more skilled than Ortiz, and he's done this the last couple fights, uh, he's in the best shape of his, of his life right now, it's, you know, I think Tyson Fury is is a very, very live dog here. Even though it's slight, but he's a live dog here. 
and I would make him the favorite. All right, going to be a lot more interest in and around this fight as things build towards the weekend. You'll see much more coverage in the mainstream sports media as well with ESPN and Fox doing a joint pay-per-view, both promoting this thing heavily. Look forward to that. And again, T.C. Martin is out there uh, in the middle of all of it. Love uh, T.C.'s insight here on the program. Plug away on how they find your show. I've been uh, I've been bringing up tcmartinshow.com, but tell them more about how they find your show online, over the air, follow you on social media, etc. Yeah, I know you got a national audience there, T.J., so yeah, that is the best way, tcmartinshow.com. You can listen live. Uh, two, two to three Pacific time. You can always go to, to the podcast section where the shows each day are posted under the podcast section. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, we got featured uh, interviews up there. We got blogs up there. Uh, we've got uh, great photo galleries. So check it all out. We'll have fight coverage going on. You can also follow me on Twitter at TC Martin 21. And again, we'll have round by round coverage live from the MGM grand that night. And again, uh, be on location uh, all week. Uh, as uh, per normal for fight week here in Las Vegas. And again, always love being on with you, my man. So uh, anytime, anywhere, <laughs> let's go. Get the trunks ready, whether it's the black and gold, when it's too cold, baby, or it's the red, white, blue, Apollo green. Let's go, TJ Reese, my man. As my man Tyson Fury would say, get ready, get the popcorn, brother, because it's going to be on at the MGM Grand. Come and check it out. You don't want to miss this heavyweight showdown. This is uh, this is why we love this man. Again, two Pacific time. He'll be out there among them, and the fight and the interest will only build in the coming days. It's Wilder Fury 2 coming up from Las Vegas. TCMartinShow.com to find out more. Too cold. Thank you. Always appreciate it. You got it, my man. Still to come, Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up, a podcast involving South Carolina sports. We're going to say hello to him, get some lowdown not only on the Gamecocks out of South Carolina, but the SEC, who's going to end up with one of those spots in the the upcoming NCAA tournament out of the likes of South Carolina, Mississippi State, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida. There's probably only a couple of spots out of all these different guys, so... Uh, anxious to talk with Chris about all of those subjects in a few moments. A reminder that Three Dog Thursday is brought to you in part by Play Pick 6 and the mobile app that you can find in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. We want you to show what you know this college basketball season. Get off the sideline, get out of that armchair, and make some predictions for free at Play Pick 6, the mobile app. Pick any six games in college basketball, and you can mix and match if you want. A lot of these different prediction apps and games don't let you cross over sports. You can pick college basketball, the NBA, the NHL in one given day or one given night. Get any six games correct, and you're automatically a winner with Play Pick 6 of a sports restaurant-themed gift card. Again, it'll take less than three minutes to download the app, sign up, and play for free. Free, free, free. Who doesn't love it? Show what you know by going to play pick six, getting the app, and making those prediction games, especially on a Saturday. Picking those six games is easy, but even if you lose out, there's so many games on Saturday in college basketball. As long as there are tips that haven't happened yet, mountain time zone, western time zone, reload. Pick six more games on a Saturday. Mix and match with the NBA and the NHL right now. We're headed to March. This is great for championship week to pick the games. The NCAA tournament when those 32 games are played on the first Thursday and Friday. Just 
remember the name Play Pick 6. Download it in the Apple Store, in the Google Play Store to show what you know for free. It's all for free to sign up and play. Get any six correct in one opportunity and one prediction uh, batch, and you get that sports restaurant theme gift card just by playing. Go to playpick6.com to learn more about the rules. Download the game again. Apple Store, Google Play Store. Show what you know. Get off the sidelines. Make those predictions for college basketball and more. It is Play Pick 6. As mentioned, somebody brand new bringing on board on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. He hones in specifically on those South Carolina Gamecocks for football. And obviously this time of year, a lot of basketball, but whether it's recruiting or whatever's going on, the Spurs Up podcast is where it is. And Chris Phillips is with me right now on Three Dog Thursday All right, good to be with you. Full disclosure, it's a late-night interview time for you and I because you had to watch the Gamecocks, because this is what you do, battle it out with Mississippi State. Oh, was it a hard-fought, painful ending in Mississippi State. Two bubble teams slugging it out, Chris. Mississippi State hangs on for the win. I wish it was a better circumstance that I was bringing you in here, (laughs) but that's just kind of how it goes. Good to have you, first of all. It was a tough battle with, uh, with State Wednesday night, wasn't it? Yeah, first off, TJ, I really do appreciate you having me on the show, man. I'm really excited, obviously. Again, do wish it was under better circumstances. Uh, you know, it's crazy. Again, a three-point loss for South Carolina. And, you know, going in this game, you know, I expected South Carolina to lose. I thought it would be a tough game. I didn't feel great about it, you know, just on the road in the SEC. And Mississippi State is a good ball club. Let's let's give them credit first. The Bulldogs are a very good team. Um, but overall, yeah, really just a tough night for South Carolina. I mean, both teams especially – a lot of sloppiness, a lot of turnovers. You know, we were talking a little bit off air. Made this game just a brutal watch for any <laughs> basketball fan. But it comes down to the end. I mean, I do give major kudos. You know, the one thing I've said about South Carolina's team all year is, listen, they're they're like a lot of teams, TJ, that are, are bubble teams. They have a lot of deficiencies, a lot, you know, there's a lot of imperfections, if you will. But this team does fight, scratch and claw, and it battles. And I mean, to make this a three-point game, I mean, really, again, where it felt like at times you were thinking this one was going to get away and it was going to be a double-digit loss. Um, you know, I joked around on social media, good teams win, but great teams cover. <laughs> um, I know this, this podcast centers around yep. gambling, so yep. South Carolina did cover the uh, the five-and-a-half numbers. So, I mean, got to give them credit there as well. But, uh, yeah, just not enough not enough production outside of Mike Cotard. I mean, he had 24 points for you, but Jermaine Kuznar, one of their top guys, got in foul trouble early. A.J. Lawson, one of their guards, the guy I've talked about a lot that needs to do more and, you know, just 12 points for him tonight. And then really outside of those three guys, you didn't have any production. So, you know, it's a tough road loss. I don't think it's a loss. It doesn't have to define South Carolina. It just puts a lot more emphasis now. You know, the Gamecocks return home. They play LSU at home, which LSU is a really, really good team. But in my opinion, TJ, you got to protect your home floor. I mean, when you're a bubble team, you're trying to get every win you can. I can stomach a loss on the road because you you face this Mississippi State team Mississippi State team again in 13 days on your home floor. So you know I'd like to think South Carolina can come home, play a little bit better basketball in front of their home crowd, and get their revenge. But a game like LSU coming up Saturday night again, I, I know LSU is a good team, but you got to find a way to protect your home floor. So again, 
a tough loss for South Carolina tonight, but overall I think it's one they can bounce back from. You know, We'll see again if they can return home and do that. Yeah, it's a, it's a slug-em-out situation right now for about five teams in the SEC, that's yeah. for sure. And South Carolina yeah. is one of those. And, they, and, and they've had a weird year. I don't have to tell you this, but for the audience here, yeah. you're talking about a loss at home to Stetson, but you turn around and beat Kentucky at home on a last-second <laughs> shot. Go get a good quality road win against Arkansas. You've been playing well as of late, uh, where South Carolina, I believe, had won six of seven, three straight and six of seven coming yeah, into this eight, game. Eight of their last ten going and, into the Mississippi right, State so game. Eight so eight of ten before the loss on Wednesday night. Why has Frank Martin's team come around here at the right time late in the year? Put your finger on a thing or two for our audience here. It, you know, it's so funny because it's something that's become such a trend to the frustration of South Carolina fans, I might add. Like you mentioned, you know, not only the loss to Stetson, but a loss to Boston early in the year, which was a really, really bad <laughs> And not loss. the Celtics. And, and not the Red Sox. Right. Not the Boston, Boston Terri- Celtics. Uh, unfortunately, Boston the Boston U, yes. U Terriers, yes. Yes. I mean, so you, and then like you said, you, you go on the road. And I mean, what I still think was one of the most shocking results in a South Carolina basketball game I've ever seen when the Gamecocks went to Virginia and won, and won in dominating fashion, what it felt like. But I mean, if I had to point to one thing, I mean, listen, when we got when South Carolina got in SEC play this year, they started out 0-2. I, I was not surprised to see the turnaround. I, I you know, I want to point to one thing, but I don't know that I even can specifically can. I don't know if it's that his team's just locked in. There's a sense of urgency that sets in. I mean, you can look at each individual team. I would say with this team, for example, you know, guys have sort of grown into their own roles. We've seen Jermaine Kuznard since that Kentucky game, since he hit that game-winning shot. He's been a different player. I think you could argue he probably is the SEC freshman of the year, if not for a guy named mm. oh, Anthony Edwards at Georgia. So, I mean, you know, overall, I don't know why this is such a trend. Again, it is frustrating for South Carolina fans because if you think of this team, I mean, if you just take care of business against Boston and Stetson, you're probably looking pretty good as far as being on the bubble and getting in a tournament. You're making yourself do more work in SEC play. So, you know, listen, Frank Martin's a good head coach. I think he's a good motivator. I mean, I, again, don't understand what the switch that is flipped is. I mean, I think for this year's team specifically, they have some young guys that really started to mature. Um Mike Kosar, what a senior season he's having for South Carolina, a guy that I'll be honest with you, TJ, I wasn't even sure was going to be starting at this point in the year before the season started. So what a year he's having. I think this team, again, has really grown into itself. But why it's such a trend, I'll be completely honest with you, I don't know. Again, I don't know if there's just a a sense of urgency placed on conference games because, you know, Frank Martin's teams have those characteristics about them, that they're hard-nosed, they're tough. They're that team nobody wants to play. They're like they're like, they're like that annoying gnat you can't swat out of your face. You just you don't want anything to do with them because you know on their worst night they can get they can lose by twenty, but on their best night they can go into a place like Charlottesville or face a team like Kentucky and beat them by twenty. So I mean, you just never know. But uh, you know it, it's definitely a trend for sure that we've seen. Really, South Carolina fans will tell you we've seen since the beginning of the Frank Martin era. So it is kind of crazy. Again, Chris Phillips with me a few more moments. Love his insight. The Spurs Up podcast is a South Carolina-themed podcast. He's gracious to hop on Three Dog Thursday with me. We're kind of in the premium mode of South Carolina and LSU coming Saturday. Fun one. The last second win over Kentucky on a desperation three-point shot. You were in the arena in Columbia. Where were you positioned? And then it's just bedlam on the floor. Take me back to that scene. Take the audience back (laughs) to that scene, if you would. 
Yeah, there's a great video on social media. I was uh, smart enough to pull my phone out, but I was actually behind the basket that the shot was made in. So I had a great view of it. I, I literally got the video from the possession before where Kentucky misses the jumper. And then, you know, it's funny, Jermaine Cousinard is sort of just slowly, it's almost like he's taking his time. And I'm thinking, okay, look, looks like we're going to go to <laughs> overtime. And, you know, it's people, it's very cliche, you know, when people describe those moments of, you know, it feels like it's moving in slow motion, but it, it really was one of those things where it felt like the ball was in the air forever. And, you know, obviously just pandemonium ensues. I mean, I'm going crazy. You can literally see on the video, I'm just losing my mind. So, I had a fantastic view. I'm, I'm lower level, probably like nine rows behind that basket. And it was, mm. yeah, I mean, it was one of the best moments I've ever had in person at a South Carolina basketball game, no question. It was, it, it was kind of funny going in that game. You know, those South Carolina-Kentucky games in Columbia, there have been a lot of weird matchups between those two teams. And, I, I mean, it, it was just another one of those nights. It was crazy. You know, South Carolina was down 10 with, I think, 10 minutes to go. And you're thinking, okay, this thing's going to go one of two ways. Either we're going to find a way to come back or – you know, we're going to get, you know, bull rushed off the floor. And luckily, South Carolina, Jermaine Kuznar, it all clicked. And, I mean, that, that shot he hit was just, oh. you know, it was, it, was, it was amazing. He, will, I mean, live, really he will live off of that in and around Columbia and with Gamecock fans for the rest of his life. No matter what else yeah, happens, sure. I beat Kentucky on a three-near midcourt <laughs> means I don't pay for a meal if I don't want to. Uh, yeah, he will while. be paying for a drink in five points for a long time, <laughs> put it that way. Probably, uh, probably not. All right, so we mentioned LSU comes in on Saturday. This is must-win mode for South Carolina. We believe, we don't know for sure, we don't have the lines, they won't be out until Friday, but i got to believe South Carolina is probably a short favorite. Do you agree with that, Chris, in this game? Probably like a one- or two-point favorite, even though LSU was previously ranked a couple of weeks ago. I still think with the home court, that the Gamecocks are probably favored in this one for Three Dog Thursday purposes. You know, it's that I tell you, I'm actually surprised you said that because I, I wouldn't off the jump think the Gamecocks are favored. But you are right. You look back, LSU has really struggled of late. I mean, right. they lost to Kentucky their last game, lose to Alabama, um, you know, lost to Vanderbilt on their their home floor, lost to Auburn. So I mean, this is definitely an LSU team that is reeling. You know, it's funny. I, I I've joked with people before, and I'll tell you guys this that. I like when South Carolina is the underdog. Um, it seems like we play better as the underdog. Maybe it's because there are less expectations. Um, I don't know. But uh, now I could definitely see it being like a pick em line. Maybe South Carolina favored by one because of the home floor. Um, because, listen, like you were saying, we were talking about those Frank Martin teams and sort of their characteristics. And, you know, I give all the credit. LSU is a great team and everything. But I, I, I fully expect this South Carolina team to come out. I, for, number one, I expect it to be a great environment at Colonial Life Arena for college basketball. I think South Carolina fans will show up. They know how important this game is on Saturday night. They'll be there. And then Frank Martin's team fully expect to come out, like you're saying, like a hungry dog needing its last meal. I mean, coming out, you know, ferocious, ready to go, a lot of intensity. I, again, I fully expect them to come out that way. So, no, I'd say pick them or South Carolina, you know, minus one is a fair number for sure. Um, that's something I'll be definitely looking into and kind of watching into that line, same as you guys will be. But, uh, yeah, I could definitely see the Gamecocks being a one-point favorite. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm expecting a hard-fought game, and I think it's definitely going to be one of those games that comes down to the wire because, uh, you know, South Carolina needs it. They absolutely 100% need it. You know, I said going in this week, if you can split these two coming up, um, I'll feel really good about it. Now you've lost Mississippi State, so you kind of know what you have to do on Saturday. So. 
We'll see how that one goes. And it, you know, it may very well come down to not just the end of the regular season here for South Carolina, but it may come down to Nashville and the neutral floor. Yep. And can you get a couple of quality wins maybe on the neutral floor, make a little run, get into the semifinals or better, et cetera, to help the resume one last time? And we've seen this before from a lot of different teams in the SEC tournament. Uh, you know, go go make a move in about thirty six to forty eight hours in Nashville and help yourself greatly. Well, and and that's what's so intriguing, and what was intriguing about the you know the Mississippi State game, TJ, is that I mean there are three, you could maybe even argue four teams that are arguing for that number four spot for that buy. I mean, it's Florida, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Texas A and M looks like they're trying to get back in it. So I mean. There are multiple teams buying for that spot. I mean, we all know how important those first-round buys are, you know, in any, any form of tournament play. So, I mean, again, not only just for the resume for South Carolina getting the tournament, but for the SEC tournament, like you're saying. Because I, I, I would agree with you to be comfortably, you know, if they take care of business the rest of the way out, not even necessarily go undefeated, but let's say we'll maybe lose one more game. I mean, you're probably going to need to win one or two in Nashville to still really feel good good about your chances let's let's just be completely honest probably gonna have to do that so i, I definitely you know is as, as as easier as you can make the pass that you know the better so i mean that's just that's even more implications and like i said the next time these two teams meet in 13 days in colonial you know in columbia i mean that's that, that those still that's still going to be riding on that so i mean that you definitely you make a great point you know i think the gamecocks are going to need to win like i said at least one maybe two games in nashville to uh to really put themselves in talk of being on the bubble and possibly being in as well. So we'll see. It's, it's going to be a fun last couple of weeks. There's no question about that. No doubt about that. We're almost done here. All right, so Frank Martin's an intense guy. Uh, there, fans see that all across college basketball. You ever had any run-in with him? You ever get that glare directed at you? Has he ever screamed and pointed at you <laughs> like he does his players? Do you just duck? What's the deal? No, no, I've, I've, ne- I've never been subject to it. I, you know, just kind of give you a funny story uh, – I actually made the comment earlier this season, sort of half joking, half serious. I said that uh, Frank Martin, Frank Martin is sort of like your drunk uncle at the barbecue. You don't know if he's going to hit you or hug you or what he's going to do. He's like a loose, he's a loose cannon. So people, some people got kind of upset, and I said, "Listen, I didn't say he's a bad basketball coach, but he is kind of a lunatic." So I mean, he, we love him. You know, we, we know he's a good coach. I mean, you know, there have been the select few here and there that maybe like to see some new change. And, you know, at some point, if the results aren't there, I, I wouldn't be totally opposed to that. But at the end of the day, listen, Frank Martin's a really like guy in Columbia because he is such a good coach. Obviously took South Carolina to the Final Four. I mean, you know, continues to do what he does with the Skincox basketball program. So, no, nah, I've never been subject to any look stares or anything. But uh, I, I'd like to think I can hold my own. I think I, I think I could handle a Frank Martin scowl. I, I maybe maybe one day I'll get to find out. But uh, no, nah, Frank Frank's a great man. He's a, he's a great guy, great coach. I mean, we're glad to have him in Columbia, and hopefully, like I said, I mean, hopefully these guys can get it together, and make a run these last couple of weeks. Because I, I I know myself selfishly, I, I'd love to watch some Gamecocks basketball in uh you know, in March and in the NCAA tournament. You know, I'll be honest, I think this is a team, if they do get in, it's a scary team. Playing their best basketball, I think, could beat anybody. So, they are know, rugged. That's kind of the fun of March Madness. There's so many teams you could say that about. No so. doubt. They're rugged. They've got an experienced coach, Final Four coach with South Carolina back, what, yeah. three years ago? So 
Let's yep. see if the Gamecocks can work their way in. For our audience here, and a lot of fans that are listening to you on Three Dog Thursday may want to know more, especially if they're a South Carolina fan that may be discovering you for the first time. Tell them more about what you do, how they find the podcast, how they follow you on social media, etc. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, the SpursUpShow.com is going to be the website. We're on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at the Spurs Up Show on Snapchat, on TikTok, literally everything, every social media platform you can think of. I, obviously, the podcast. Do you do, wait, wait, do you do a TikTok dance I on do. the Spurs? I'm, okay. I'm the tic- I love it. I am in the TikTok game. I am down I am with that. I got to look it up as soon as we're done. I got to look it up. Yep. I love it. Keep going. Yep. I am, uh, I'm in the TikTok game for sure. It's popular in the streets right now, so I, I couldn't help myself. Um, but, you know, I pride myself the Spurs Up show being the best Gamecocks media outlet on the Internet. I mean, we do podcasts, articles, videos, um, written content, really everything. Twitch, I mean, we do everything you can think of. So be sure to check it out. Like I said, the podcast is the, uh, the main stuff we do, and that's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all that good stuff. It's a daily podcast, runs Monday through Friday. So obviously breaking down everything with the Gamecocks up to date of that day. And, I mean, like I said, it's really, really good stuff. So, uh Definitely, if you're a South Carolina fan, be sure to check it out. It's, it's a lot of passion, and you know we talk South Carolina and give honest, cutting-edge opinions. Sometimes people don't love it, but hey, that's you know that's it's all calls for a good banter and good fun, and we celebrate the victories and we <laughs> we live through the losses, and you know we just kind of we. Uh, we do that. So we bleed garnet and black. So there you go. Well, they're yeah, bleeding like a little bit midweek, but the good news is Saturday <laughs> is coming and LSU is coming to Columbia. Find out more through the Spurs Up podcast with Chris Phillips, who does a great job with that. Thank you for spending some time here. We'll see if the Cox are favored or not. Uh, in this game with LSU on Saturday, if they're if they're an underdog at home, my God, jump all over that uh, against LSU. Yeah. We'll see for three dog Thursday purposes. But Chris, I had a blast being with you here. We'll see how the Gamecocks do down the stretch. Good luck with the podcast and the shows. Thank you, sir. TJ, absolute pleasure, man. Anytime. And there we go. That'll do it. Enjoyed the conversation with all of our guests. Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, and Vegas Insider. Again, he's got the underdogs, including North Florida on Thursday night and a couple of tasty underdogs for Saturday as well. I'm still liking uh, the Arizona State Sun Devils against Oregon Thursday night in the Pac-12. Again, I like Kansas straight up with Baylor. Give me points with the Jayhawks. If Rock Chalk's getting points, I love that too. At number one, Baylor that's won the 23 games in a row. I'll go Kansas for revenge in that one. So some good stuff with Brian Edwards talking college basketball. Thanks also to T.C. Martin talking boxing and Wilder and Fury. Again, I like uh, Wilder by a late-round knockout to get his revenge for only having the draw in the first fight against Tyson Fury. The legacy of Deontay Wilder will build Tuscaloosa, Alabama's own Deontay Wilder in that matchup. And thanks also to Chris Phillips, who was just with us there from the South Carolina-themed podcast, the Spurs Up podcast uh, there in South Carolina. Love his insight, and we'll see what happens with the SEC basketball. Again, Florida and Kentucky on the weekend, South Carolina and LSU. A lot of these different teams that are vying on the bubble. We'll see what happens with those. We, uh, we wish you good luck with the underdog predictions, whether it's college basketball or the fights. We thank our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network for helping promote what we do here on Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. It's easiest to get Three Dog Thursday if you subscribe. It comes automatically to you. 
I am merely TJ Reeves. Enjoy all the college hoops. We're marching to march. Enjoy the fight Saturday night. And we're back next week with another edition of Three Dog Thursday. Bye.